0: This is the podcast. Hello, welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh My name is Jordan Mayo, and I'm the Yeah, I haven't recorded a uh, episode in a in a hot minute, so I figured I would because you know the media I have consumed has been accruing, and you don't want things to accrue to uh, 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 in, in a an skewed view i don't know uh so yeah without uh, further ado wow what's with the rhyming uh let's hop right into item the first star trek strange new worlds i am four episodes in and goddamn loving it yeah the fourth episode in particular i think was my favorite um it's uh, uh uh has a very sort of nod to a lot of nods to the original series which is you know not too surprising as it takes place just before it uh but uh that episode in particular some nods to uh rathacon which is uh, you know when people say what's your favorite movie um that's a hard question to answer, and you know it. Uh, it changes from one moment to the next. What I can say, and often do say, is that Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan is the movie I have seen the most. Uh, ergo, therefore, hence, uh, definitely high on my list of uh, favorite movies. So, there was uh, some scenes in uh, Episode Four, which what's it called? Maybe I could you know do some actual. Research is too, strong word. Uh, Memento Mori. Hmm. Uh, some episodes within a nebula where, you know, uh, uh, the ships can't see each other. A sort of very uh, uh, submarine effects. Actually, they even added to this, which they didn't in Wrath uh, of Khan, the, uh, the addition of pressure because there was like a black hole as well. So uh, uh, as they were uh, forced to get near it for reasons... Um, you know the ship was sort of being crushed and and had those sort of submarines at depth sounds which was pretty pretty cool and uh, uh, you know ooh ooh i see episode 5 is called spock amok <laughs> uh, amok time which i believe is the one where he fought kirk and i think i saw a little snippet not a trailer, but a little something where he's fighting Pike as well with one of those weird stick things with the heavy end and the sharp end. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Um, the other cool thing is that uh, head of security. I, okay, let me preface this right now. Uh, I haven't yet memorized everyone's names. Okay, like uh, Pike Spock. I I know some of them, but some of them I haven't yet, because I'm bad with names. And that includes fictional characters' names on a show that I really like, in a a franchise, in a a world that is probably my favorite uh, IP, intellectual property. Uh, Yeah, so uh, the the chief of security girl, she is apparently a distant uh, relative, or... Something somehow related to uh Khan as in Khan union Soon Sing Soon. Well, that's interesting because uh, her last name is Sing, isn't it? Yeah, but I thought it was Soon, huh? Uh, so the fact that she was in there and there's all those sort of uh, uh, that that feel to the Wrath of Khan, the the movie that is, uh, yeah, very cool, uh, very cool, also uh introduced the gorn. Uh we didn't get to see what they look like and <laughs> uh yeah, I wonder what like is there going to be any nods to the original series gorn which is, you know, that's one of my favorite episodes. It's very dumb. Uh, uh the gorn uh, itself does not look good. <laughs> it looks like a a man in a, a, a not very good uh lizard suit. Um, they have so far, I think, uh, managed to make the Gorn sound, you know, scary in this. Like, uh, 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 one of the things that they've brought up a couple of times is the fact that uh, uh, Gorn, which is like a lizardy sort of uh, alien species, will uh, capture humans to both eat them, uh-huh, but uh, almost more unnerving, let's say, uh, will uh, use them to, uh, I, I guess. Do they inject eggs into them? Or do they just sort of uh, allow their young to feast on the humans? Something, uh, one of those, whichever is scarier, let's say. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. You know what, I, I feel like it's actually uh, was a good choice. Like, if you need a, a series, uh, uh, sorry, a season big bad, uh, Gorn, for this particular star trek outing I, I feel like would be a good choice so i'm hoping we get to see more of them uh needless to say needless to say uh five out of five so far for these first four episodes <clears> Hanson <throat> mounts just uh, uh incredible yeah fits the role so well um <sighs> i love it i love it moving on to movie the first the Batman from 2022 okay uh let me start off by saying that I really liked it and I guess you're sensing a but it's not a strong but because I did really like it it's just I thought it was going to be more along the lines of the old uh, animated series the Batman as in uh it takes place sort of in the future Where uh, uh, Bruce Wayne... Maybe it's setting it up for that? Mm, I don't know. Uh, Where Bruce Wayne is, like, old and is forced to... uh, uh, Well, I don't know if he's forced to, but chooses to... Uh, you know, introduce a new younger Batman and he's sort of behind the scenes. You know, the animated, not the animated series, because that's the uh, Batman, the animated series. Uh, But uh, it was called The Batman. I think there was three or four seasons. It was really good. And I thought that's what was going to happen here. Um, That being said... That being said, when a sadistic serial killer murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. You know, that was interesting, too. We don't really, I don't think ever that I can remember, go into any sort of backstory of the Waynes, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. They're just sort of there for the purposes of being murdered and turning him into Batman. Uh, so yeah, that was interesting to uh, delve into that a little bit, and uh, not as black and white as uh, you know as we've seen in previous incarnations. So that was interesting as well. Uh, highlight of the movie, obviously. I, I feel like as good as Batman was, as good as Colin Farrell was as bang, as good as uh, what was the guy's name who plays the Riddler. This was a very uh, uh, fun interpretation of the Riddler. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah, I think he did a great job. Andy Serkis' Alfred, uh, that was a pleasant surprise. I didn't know that was going to happen. John Turturro in there, love him. But the highlight, oh, Jeffrey Wright, he's a great uh, Lieutenant Gordon. Everyone's really good in this, you know, just, just period, full stop. But, 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 Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, wow. Just incredible. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> despite the fact that uh, you know, uh, Halle Berry did a run as a Catwoman and it didn't work out so well in her film, uh, I feel like Zoe Kravitz uh, a, a, a Catwoman movie. You know, I would watch it, and I feel like it would potentially be very, very good. Yeah, actually, though. You know what I say that, and yeah, I, I guess she she could probably pull it off. But like, what is a lone, uh, uh, you know, in a bubble Catwoman story that would be interesting. I, I feel like that would be the challenge of that movie. It wouldn't be, uh, uh, Zoe as Catwoman. That would be easy. Uh, 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 and it would be amazing. But, but the story, what would the story be? Well, you know, I'm not a, am uh, not a big Hollywood writer, so, <sighs> okay, let's, let's see if I can think of something. My end the, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, traveling to Africa to stop uh, 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 lion and tiger poachers. But that's kind of weird. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, yeah. Anyways, I'll think on it. I'll tell you what you do. This is what you do. Hashtag Catwoman movie ideas. Tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood, if you have a good one. Uh, the Batman... Five out of five. Yeah, really, really liked it. Uh, All right, (laughs) quite a jump here from uh, The Batman, uh, both in times and movie type from 1987. Dirty Dancing. What? Spending the summer at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances Baby Houseman falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Okay, First and foremost, Johnny Castle. When I heard that was his name, I had never seen this movie. Yeah, let me uh, just preface that. I obviously heard of it, just hadn't seen it. (laughs) Like, I laughed loudly, out loud, when I heard his name was Johnny Castle. Uh, And I knew I was, potentially at least, in for a good time. Uh, A time of, you know, slightly making fun of this very strange movie. Um this is a uh apparent favorite of the misses. um she had hounded me a little bit she's hounded me more about other movies uh but she did want me to watch this and because i'd never seen it and it's just sort of a a, a movie in the zeitgeist um which you know i i try to watch zeitgeisty movies because it's nice to you know know of them uh i, I enjoyed it in the end it's not you know <sighs> it's not a great movie and it's not a horrible movie, but there is enough in it to, uh, you know, I, I feel like carry your interest and also make fun of, uh, making fun of, uh, uh, eighties. I'd even maybe say late eighties movies is very, very fun to do. I enjoy it. Like, uh, if I was forced to just watch this and sit quietly and passively, I don't think that would be as fun of an experience as, you know, watching it and, you know, making fun of the weird shit that happens in dirty dancing. Um, Who do we got? Jerry Orbach. Lovely. Get some Jerry in there. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. Was there, and I feel like maybe it was Conan O'Brien, and I can't remember what, you know what? Let me just Google it right now. There was something with Jerry Orbach in a scene from this movie that was like repeatedly played on a late night uh, talk show. I feel like, or or, or some something. Co- yeah, Jerry Conan O'Brien. Okay, so it does come up. I don't know. Here he is on Co- Dirty Dancing. Okay, let me put in Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing scene. Conan and Dirty Dancing. <sighs> Okay. Uh, you probably know about my new crusade. Now, let's Okay. I don't see anything really about Uh it's just Conan talking about the uh 20th Anniversary re release of Dirty Dancing. But I thought, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, along with that hashtag, <laughs> just throwing in a note about what the fuck that's from. It was a scene where, like, Jerry Orbach's like, really sad about his daughter, you know, growing up and not the little girl she thought he was. He thought she was. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's got a sad, sort of teary, dewy eyed look on his face. Uh, and, and I feel like there was, and I thought it was Conan. Maybe it wasn't where they would take that scene and just play it over and over again for some reason i don't know what i'm talking about dirty dancing oh shit rating wise (sighs) to be be honest i'll go like a three three which you know my scale is enjoyed while watching but probably wouldn't watch again i can't really think of a scenario where i might want to watch dirty dancing again no offense to dirty dancing moving on to and i'm just doing this in the order that i experienced these medias Just FYI, uh, rather than keep, you know, all the movies together, blah, blah, blah. Uh, campaign three bells, hells. Yes. Critical role. I haven't really spoken too much about it in a minute. So I thought I would, you know, sort of do a little catch up and how much I am loving it. Um, actually on this week's episode, from my perspective, although, you know, this is going to drop next week. Anyways, um. Uh, introduced a new character uh, so I'm interested to see we, we just sort of dipped our toe into uh, she is a elf what's the girl's name who plays her guests Erica Ishii yeah, where's she from she look familiar I think she does other d stuff am I crazy she's playing dusk an elf warlock which is pretty cool uh, it's Cthulhu yeah I feel like I've seen her before she's a voice actor uh hmm Uh, anyways, uh, so far so good with her. Uh, uh she had a, a fun introduction where she was uh, uh being robbed by a bunch of uh, roguish individuals in the city. Uh, that they na- now find themselves in uh, a city that seems sort of very uh you know rough and tumble. Uh, uh almost a barter town, uh, Mad Max sort of vibe going, which is fun. Uh, we're seeing, uh, I, I think I have, and this was not a complaint, just something I noticed, uh, that, uh, Imogen and, oh God, having, having a name, uh, and Oram. Imogen and Oram, uh, the, I did mention, I know in my last talk that, their uh, performances i don't know if that's the right word their characters these characters uh have not exactly shone shown yeah just kind of like i i didn't feel very emotionally attached to them and they just sort of felt like they were there a little bit uh i i, I think i did mention that they were subtle characters amongst a group that has some very unsubtle characters so that's maybe one of the reasons that they don't uh, come forth as much however i will say and i almost assumed this would happen so you know verification feels good <laughs> that uh, uh uh the subtleness uh, uh you know uh, the, these characters will grow on you and as the onion is peeled and we learn more and more about them Uh, I I feel like they're coming into their own a little bit more. I don't know if that's an accurate thought, and if others have that thought. hmm, I don't know. Hey, let me know. This is going to be a long fucking tweet you're going to have to send me. Let me know in that same tweet. What you think of Orem and Imogen from Critical Role. Uh, we've also got Ashton. Uh, the city, actually this rough and tumble city they're now in, uh, is, is from his backstory. So that's that's uh, kind of cool. We're experiencing that. Also, uh, uh, Fresh Cut Grass. Uh, oh, what's his race? It's called the Aeromaton. Huh, I'm going to open that up. Uh, anyways uh, uh, they also have some of their backstory built into this place so it'll be nice to see what's going on there Laudna I'm loving Uh, uh, yeah just the right amount of creepy but she's not creepy in a like she's creepy and kind yeah, kind and creepy, and she's kind of creepy. Uh, uh, like you could take creepy to where it's just doom and gloom, but she's creepy without doing that, which uh, uh, I think is a is, is a fun choice. Then Fern, <laughs> you know what I love about uh, Fern uh, is well a lot of things, but one thing that I like in particular is that uh, they they'll, they'll occasionally post uh all the players stats uh and what their class is and i noticed that uh, during the last i think it was the last one and not the one before uh the last level up she took a level in rogue which is uh, so fitting i wonder if she did that like if she had planned to do that or if she did that on the advice of others or the fact that she's just always stealing shit uh, you know what? She steals shit like Tasselhoff Burfoot steals shit, though. Like, oh, I, yeah, I just didn't want you to lose it. Uh, you know, oh, I didn't uh, realize I had that. Uh, sorry, here, uh, you know, uh, mistake. I'm just holding on to it for you. I was, I'm just borrowing it, uh, you know, but without, of course, ever giving it back. And then, of course, Chetney uh played by Travis Willingham, a gnome slash werewolf. A gnome slash werewolf what need i say more than that folks very much enjoying campaign three uh they're actually on a little hiatus uh and i assume i'll watch the uh alexandria unlimited uh this little mini series they have for the next three or four weeks i think it is uh yeah i'll, I'll watch it and maybe we'll talk about it here i don't know stranger things have happened. Oh, okay. So, uh, I opened on the Critical War wiki, Aromaton. Aromatons are artificial humanoid constics created by the people of Arrow during the Age of Arcanum, which I think we met one of those guys, didn't we? Or maybe a couple of them? Uh, back in canta- Campaign 2, towards the end, I feel like they were underground in that big city, and they, uh, met one of those and, like, fixed them up. Am I misremembering that? Hmm. Uh all right, moving on to Oh yeah, very cool uh video uh it was 4 hours long. <laughs> uh TES2 colon Daggerfall slash a dash uh complete retrospective. Oh, a Daggerfall retrospective Yes. by a YouTuber called JWLAR how you p- would pronounce that not 100 percent sure would you pronounce it or would you just spell it again i don't know um massive thank you to all of your viewers when this series started i'm just reading his top pinned comments because it looked like it might be interesting uh, a massive thank you to all of you the viewers when this series started i had just hit 400 subscribers and averaged 200 views a video uh, this channel has come a long way over the past six months and I'm excited to create more content for you. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one. Yeah, so this has. Oh my god, this has 800,000 views on it. Almost. Yeah, 800,000 plus. And it came out in March. Yeah, well, fuck, good for him, man. And uh, the other reason it is good for him, because he uh, definitely deserves that with the clear amount of work he has put into this. Uh, it was just a, you know, in my, uh, lately search for just chill, sort of relax videos, uh, sometimes I stumble across things like this, that's, uh, you know, I, I find one and then see that they've got more and have now decided to watch all of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to watch every single one of his videos, but I have on a list, uh, he did one about more that I'm just sort of have dipped my toe in a little bit so far. I think that one's 12 hours long or, uh, yeah, w- one of them's 12 hours long, a retrospective that is 12 hours long because he's not just going into the game itself, although he very much does, but also into the story and, and, and talking about, you know, different factions and different quests and all the different races and uh, like, he's really, really taken, uh, obviously, as you can tell by the length of the videos, he's doing a deepest dive. He's doing the deepest of deep dives. And it's uh, uh, it's definitely worth a watch. A, if the subject matter interests you, which, uh, you know, uh, didn't know really much about Daggerfall, which, if you're unfamiliar, is the second of the, uh, shoot, what are they called? More, more, uh, Oblivion? Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Uh, yeah, they're a, a second of the Elder Scrolls games. So I started with... Uh, I, I didn't start with Morrowind. I, I had a friend who... Um, who had it and I remember like once or twice if that well maybe three times but I think once or twice uh, going over to his house and not even playing it just watching him play and being fascinated with it uh, I think it was for a system I didn't have either so I, I couldn't play it myself um, he, he, actually I was going to reach out to him and uh, uh, because I'm thinking of maybe doing that for a long play Morrowind's Somewhere down the road, TBD. I'm actually after watching this video. I'm I'm very heavily debating doing Daggerfall as well. I feel like they would lend themselves well for the style of long plays that I've been recording and like to record. Which you know what? Hey, why not plug myself? I I don't have quite eight hundred thousand views. About twenty, twenty-ish on my last video, which is you know pretty good for. For me <laughs> uh, you could uh, go on YouTube and go to the alphabetical DM uh, you could type in uh, uh, the librarian a Skyrim RP long play or something to that effect and find out what I'm talking about uh, anyways yeah uh, so check that out if that is interesting to you as I hope it is you know what else is interesting the good one podcast yes uh, I have spoken of it quite a number of times on this podcast. Um, But they uh, recently dropped an episode where they had not one, not two, but all the kids in the hall. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, you know what? I'm going to combine three things here. I'm going to combine this good one podcast episode. I'm going to combine the kids in the hall uh, series from 2022 All eight episodes available for your viewing pleasure on Amazon. Please watch. Uh, And then also the documentary that I believe was released in at the same time. uh, Well, yeah, it's an Amazon original. uh, The Kids in the Hall Comedy Punks. I watch all of them. I've gone Kids in the Hall crazy. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about my, uh, uh, you know, Kids in the Hall experience. Such as it is from, you know, back in the day. Um... Yeah, I watched it when it originally aired. I am, as has come up on the podcast uh, on more than one occasion, I'm sure, uh, Canadian. (laughs) So a a Canadian comedy troupe, obviously, off my alley. Uh, Also the fact that I was weird. (laughs) It's funny because uh, I I think it was probably in the documentary and maybe on the podcast as well. They mentioned that they're quite often, you know, not universally, but quite often their fans are weirdos and people who are, you know, uh, a little, uh, just a little different maybe. Uh, so <laughs> that sort of made me feel a uh, part of the family a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I watched it during the r- original airing, uh, spoke of, you know, um, do recall one Time and was it only one time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only one time. Uh, you know, it's that sort of vulnerability of sharing something you love with others, especially to a uh, I guess it would have been a high schooler at the time. High schooler, yeah, somewhere in there, and anyways. Um, where you're sharing something that you love and and are you know, you you think others will like it, but you don't know for sure. Now, you know, my friends who I loved dearly back then and uh, still keep in touch with some of them today. Um, they were less weirdos. (laughs) So when I shared the kids in the hall with them and they didn't like it, uh, was it a devastating blow? A little bit, a little bit. Did I not share anything with anyone ever again? Uh, no, but, uh, certainly I was gun shy to do so. Uh, certainly gun shy to do so. So, uh, I was particularly watching the documentary. Um, hearing about other sort of almost similar experiences and how there's just this family of weirdos who love this. Just insane. (laughs) Of the sketch comedy shows that exist, Kids in the Hall is probably... Uh, one of if not the craziest and that's just one of the reasons why i love it and what's amazing of this new season you know uh, they haven't been on the air in uh, you know decades so there's that thought that uh, you know okay these these guys are you know they're a little bit older you know what happens to old white guys they get not funny uh but somehow some way they have recaptured the magic uh seemingly from all i have seen just universally loved universally praised universally just uh, everyone is blown away by how similar and how uh you know uh, uh, groundbreaking i don't want to say groundbreaking because they have broken this ground already but how just with it yeah how just uh, uh, you know th- they they jump back into this thing that they used to do decades ago seemingly uh, having not lost anything uh, just as good and as funny i laughed out loud so many times cried during the documentary i will definitely say that so i laughed i cried and uh anything kids in the hall related i will recommend okay yeah i'm doing it again i'm i'm, I'm shrugging off that feeling of uh you know I, I don't want to be vulnerable about this but i'm going to watch it Please Uh, go back and watch a previous season. What you could do, you know what would be interesting, like an interesting experiment? Start with this new one and then uh, uh, work your way backwards through the seasons. Why not? You could do it. They're sketches, right? It's not. uh, That's the other thing. A lot of their. Uh, in fact, I would say probably 99% of their sketches are evergreen, meaning they're not, you know, sort of dealing with things that are happening in the current day when they were filmed. So, you know, you can go back and watch these and uh, still enjoy them. I think I haven't rewatched the Kids in the Hall. Oh, let's just see. Did I ever do it on the podcast? Kids in the oh. Uh, no okay so I haven't watched it since I guess probably 2012 since it's not showing up on my uh... Hmm. okay so yeah I should rewatch I have the DVDs somewhere kicking around I don't know if it's uh, on any if I could stream it though streaming always preferred as it's easier to DVDs. Uh, Yeah, so needless to say, uh, Old Kids in the Hall, five out of five. New Kids in the Hall, five out of five. Good One Podcast, five out of five. Comedy Punks, five out of five. Fucking so good. What an age we live in. Yeah. What an age we live in to watch things like that. An escape room, colon, tournament of champions. (sighs) Six people, unwillingly, find themselves locked in another series of escape rooms, slowly uncovering what they have in common to survive joining forces with two of the original survivors they soon discover they've all played the game before uh yeah if you saw the uh first escape room this is another one this is the next of them it's fine uh the elaborateness of the escape rooms is interesting uh it definitely at times has a holodeck feel which uh, was an interesting choice, an interesting choice, and it also has that little bit feel of, uh, and not as good as, remember the movie The Game with uh, Michael Douglas? That's a great movie. Uh, the, the, the feeling of you don't know whether you're playing or not, scenarios will happen to you where you're not sure if it's just part of everyday life or if it is part of the game. I, I, I do like that, although I did call it as well. Uh, yeah, like, I, I do remember there was a scene, I think it might have been the first scene of the movie, I'm like, okay, so this is what's gonna happen, and then it's proved to be right. So, you know, that's always disappointing. It, it's that classic, and I've mentioned this a million times, but I'm going to again, uh, that idea that, uh, you know, sure, I feel smart for, uh, uh, being able to tell the entire plot of the movie within the first five minutes, but it's also disappointing because I was right. <laughs> and then it's just like, oh, okay fine i was right I, I i prefer to be wrong which uh, i'm not going to go into ozark right now uh because the missus and i still have three episodes left but my god that is a show where uh, you just never know what's gonna happen any anything could happen it's insane and i have no idea where it's going and i love it so much escape room on the other hand <sighs> chew yeah it was okay it was okay what's the the girl the main girl india moore i think as her name oh no no it's taylor russell oh shit what's playing oh i just started to play the trailer by mistake all right moving on to oh yeah uh an ios game okay how about that i, I think it's probably oh no ios and uh uh google store uh it's called tiley <laughs> tiley <laughs> okay it's called Tiny Island Survival. So what I did there was combine the word tiny and island until tily Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, so basically I have reached a point in Stardew Valley um, Mobile where, you know, I, I've kind of done everything. Uh, I don't have the clock yet. So I, I, I will admit that. What I could do is just start skipping days until my... Uh, uh, all my wine's done and stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, w- what I'm kind of waiting for is hopefully, one day, the elusive uh, Stardew Valley Mobile 1.5 update. I, I, I legit, not once a week, but once every couple of weeks, will just sort of scour the internet to see if there's any word when it might be available, because uh, the, the the one... Oh, God, the worry I have about that, though, is, of course, uh, will I'd be able to continue with my current save on the farm that I've put a shit ton of hours in. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I could play on PC. Hell, I could play on Switch, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, but I do like having a mobile game, uh, on my phone that I could just, you know, periodically while the TV's on, while I'm watching, whatever, have something going on in the background. And this is tiny island survival did suit that need fairly well it's not the deepest of games uh I believe it showed up on a list of games similar to Stardew Valley and while I could see kind of sort of of, uh, what they mean by that uh it is 1 16th the depth of Stardew Valley yeah that's probably uh, you know what I bet you that's pretty accurate 1 16th the depth yeah maybe Uh, that being said it's fun So basically, you're this little guy uh, uh, gathering, you know, starting off with gathering wood, then you're gathering stone, then other ores, and you're upgrading your tools, and you're uh, exploring this tiny island. Now, the island is very tiny. I, within my first, like, hour had fully discovered the island. Then the game changes to where you're going into this uh, 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 sort of hut, cave, uh, we'll just say cave system, that makes more sense, Uh, into this cave system, not similar to uh, Stardew, where you're going into uh, caves and mines and stuff, Um, and you're, uh, you know, killing uh, bad guys and getting more resources and coming out and upgrading, And, and it's that sort of cyclical cycle of, uh, upgrading to get farther, a little rogue-like in that sense, um, but also it's just kind of—it's eh, not great. Like, uh, I I feel like it was worth the money, which was like a couple of bucks, I I believe it was. Uh, I, I I did well, actually. No, I think it was free, but then you can do that where you. Uh, do one in-app purchase to have the game not be such a drag for like a couple of bucks I'm pretty sure that's all I did uh, rating wise I'd go three. Yeah, enjoyed while playing, but, you know, once I get to the bottom of this, which I haven't yet, I will say. Uh, I think it's 20 floors, but uh, it's interesting. You reach levels where if your sword is not upgraded enough, it just does no damage against the enemies. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so I haven't reached the bottom yet. Um, I'm, You know, once I do, will I ever go back to Tiny Island uh, survival? No. I won't I'll tell you what if you okay we're adding to the tweet here people if if someone goddamn sends me this tweet with all this information in here my mind will be blown it will be blown uh is there what's a game a mobile game that is like Stardew Valley but like you know good because I've, I've tried a few to be honest uh, uh trying to fill the void <laughs> basically and uh nothing I have seen or pl- tried has been even remotely close so you know disappointing needless to say uh moving on to the final you uh, 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 media consumption of this particular episode how long are we at actually I wasn't paying attention oh yeah right in there uh dazed and confused from 1993 ah gotta be. I don't know if i've hit the double digits of the amount of times i've seen this movie but uh, it's definitely up there um not dissimilar to dirty dancing uh this is a favorite of the missus and uh, again hound slash begged me to watch it on a sunday and uh, i you know enough time had passed i have this uh all movies that i have seen i have a sort of internal clock uh, I don't necessarily know when that clock will uh, uh, wind down for each movie, but I know when it happens. And that clock is indicating when I will rewatch a movie. And it was close enough. Uh, 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 if the missus hadn't have hounded uh, me, I, I might have waited a little longer before rewatching. But, but, man, this is a good movie. Easy five out of five. Uh, something I always think of this movie is yeah you know what I'd be okay in the uh, in the seventies yeah I would have done all right <laughs> I feel like I could have fit I feel like I would have fit in I don't know uh if you haven't seen this do yourself a favor and do so uh, I believe it's one of those you know sort of generational you know you got American graffiti you got this you got super bad Uh, there's always a uh, every generation has sort of a movie like this i feel like uh where it's well this one's interesting because when did it come out 93 but it's about 76. uh i remember when this did come out and my friends and i just watching the shit out of it getting the soundtrack one of the reasons probably my music taste is what it is is because of this movie uh a very sort of uh, you, uh, i assume and maybe this is a uh, incorrect assumption actually that a lot of people's high school will have looked like this uh and i'm talking my high school too uh where i graduated in uh 2099 somewhere in there uh yeah, you know, there's things that are a little off in that it's 76, but uh, I feel like you can pick out bits and pieces and be like, oh yeah, I remember those guys. Oh yeah, I remember when shit like this used to happen. You know, stuff like that. Drinking in the woods. <laughs> That's one of the ones I definitely we, I don't think we, we ever had a keg in the woods. <coughs> we just get, you know, a two-four or whatever and go drink in the woods. Uh, I remember drinking in the woods. You know, I had a lot of fun times drinking in the woods. You know what, Uh, fucking uh, uh, summer, spring, winter, fall, woods drinking. Winter, woods drinking, maybe not the best. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Dazed and Confused. Highly recommend. Folks, I guess we've done it. That is an episode. Uh, Looking forward to your tweets. Yeah, it's going to be great. Remember the hashtag, because I don't. Jordan underscore Maywood. It's nice to be nice to the nice that was the podcast